How you doing, everybody? The Jet Comic Podcast Network. Welcome to Sports Cars, a podcast where Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your hosts, Chet Kovic and Lester Munson. Sports Court time once again. How you doing, everybody? I'm Chet Kovic along with uh, Premier Primetime Sports Legal Analyst Lester Munson from ESPN. Of course, we're brought your way by the marvelous people at American Taxi, Chicago's premier suburban taxi service. Remember, you people out there in the suburbs, O'Hare, Midway, Mitchellfield, Milwaukee, whatever the case may be, when you need a taxi in the Chicago suburbs, there's only one way to go for top-of-the-line quality, and that's with American Taxi. Lester, uh, right at the top, uh, Tyler Colvin, the Chicago Cubs, is a very, very lucky young man. He's lucky to uh, to be alive. And once again, we have uh, seen an illustration of just how dangerous maple bats are, which leads me to this question. Why, in the name of George Herman Babe Ruth, would the Players Association be opposed to the elimination immediately of maple bats? I think they're finally realizing that that is a mistaken position. It looks like they're going to move in the other direction. I cannot understand why anybody would now, having seen what happened to Colvin, I was, I've gone to two games this week. There were broken maple bats in both of them, not as bad as Colvin. Mm-hmm. But the, that one centimeter away, and we have a dead 21-year-old rookie right there on the third base. Uh, it's unbelievable that, that somebody wouldn't look at this and say, immediately, let's, we'll go back to ash. We'll, instead of maple, let's do this right away. I don't understand it. From uh, that perspective, how has college baseball survived all these years? With aluminum bats, how have they gotten away with this? There, there has been a, a whole small industry of litigation over l- aluminum bats. Many plaintiffs' lawyers have tried to show that the aluminum bat is more dangerous than the wood bat. They occasionally win a case. Out of 100 cases, they might win four or five cases, mm-hmm. and they'll collect a little bit of money. But somehow the aluminum bat industry manages to hold those off. The college programs insist on aluminum bats, saves them money. There's all sorts of reasons that they think that's a good idea. But that's another one. When you look at it, it is dangerous. So, for example, we have uh, Michigan playing in front of 110,000 football fans. We have Tennessee playing in front of 100,000 plus. And they're worried about the economics of using wooden baseball bats as opposed yeah. to aluminum. Yeah. What's wrong with this picture? Think about that. They're trying to make sure the baseball program breaks even, so they have aluminum bats that are five years old. It's a joke, but it is the kind of thing that happens in college sports. The economics rarely make any sense. All of that revenue comes in. Who profits from that? Coaches, athletic directors? What do the players get? Nothing. They get hurt. Hey, my friend, uh, put on the shoes right now of Jerry Reinsdorf. Look at Kenny Williams. Look at Ozzie Guillen. Really, for the sake of the ball club, this can't go on any further. And uh, uh, kudos to Joe Colley, who remains uh, at the Sun-Times for uh, two principal reasons. One, he's a great baseball writer, and two, he's Ozzie Guillen's PR man. But, I mean, that being said, if you had to make a choice tonight to retain Williams or retain Guillen, which way would you go? I'm going with Guillen. I'm, I'm a fan of Ozzie Guillen. I think he's done a great job as the field manager of the team. When you look at Williams and some of the things that he has done, this Manny Ramirez was just a huge blunder. I don't know what happened there. Cutting loose Jim Tomei. Now, maybe Guillen had something to say about that. I don't think oh, quite we know. A bit. For, quite okay. a bit. But, but let's just use Ramirez as an example. Um, 
and, and then uh, putting Jake Peavy out there when he was hurt early in the season, which I think was a Kenny Williams. So if I'm Reinsdorf and I have to pick between them, Ozzie Guillen is the guy. Lester, this is just so Chicago White Sox. Here is this ball club that uh, looks so uh, hot and so sexy back in July after the All-Star break. They're going nowhere fast, just playing out the uh, schedule. Who's the cover boy this week on Sports Illustrated? Jim Tomei. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect, isn't it? The uh, And he's hit 25 home runs. You know that in the playoffs, he's going to be a hero. I'm not sure how far the Twins are going to go. Tomei's going to hit three home runs, and he'll be on the cover again. Hi, my friend. Uh, I want to skip over to uh, football for a moment. Uh, a very odd occurrence down in Indianapolis. Brandon Jacobs of the Giants winds up throwing a football helmet in the stands. And he was fined. But in my opinion, that that goes so far beyond the limit. Now, Jacobs claims he was angry and was throwing his helmet toward the bench area. I, I don't understand why Goodell would not suspend him for at least a ball game. I don't understand that either. That That is definitely the kind of thing that the NFL should be coming down hard on. Goodell claims to be this guy who's going to force these guys to tread the straight and narrow here. Is it because he's an important player? I don't know. But certainly there, there'd be a one- or two-game suspension for something like that. What if a baseball player threw a bat into the uh, into the stands? I mean, it's the same, almost the same thing. Well, given some of the drunks in certain ballparks I've been in, Lester, that wouldn't be a bad well, idea. <laughs> yeah, I, you have to go case by case, I guess, and see, did the guy deserve it? Yeah. What uh, What's going to transpire right now with the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers' big picture, given where the uh, uh, the battling McCourts are? The battling McCourts have finished now nine days of trial on the divorce. What they have succeeded in proving is that they are a very rich, very obnoxious couple. <laughs> they have succeeded in proving that both of them hired one of the worst lawyers perhaps ever to be in the commercial practice of law, a guy named Silverstein, who somehow prepared a document for them to sign that said one thing on one day and said the opposite the next day. <laughs> and they say, uh, Larry, do you think you should have told the client about your mistake? I don't think so, he says. It's just one of those things that happens. So we have two things going on now. Number one, soon after the case, Larry Silverstein is going to be at the wrong end of the biggest legal malpractice case in the history of sports. Number two, really, there's going to be a mediation in which Frank and Jamie will sit down with their lawyers and with a judge who knows how to settle cases, and they're going to try to settle this. And if anybody is thinking clearly, Frank, Jamie, or their lawyers, they should settle this, because otherwise there's going to be a decision. I don't see how they're going to be able to keep the Dodgers if they let it get decided. They could work it out where he buys out Jamie, pays her over 10 or 20 years, he can keep the team. But right now, they're on the on the precipice of disaster unless they settle. Give me a ballpark. Given the fact that uh, the McCourts are very wealthy people, as you pointed out, very high-profile people, they own a Major League Baseball franchise, um, attorneys billing out four, five, six hundred $600 an hour. This, right now, keep in mind, Chet, they had each... Each of the each Jamie and Frank each have six lawyers sitting with them in the courtroom. Oh my Others gosh. out in the hallway doing work. We're at the twenty million figure here, very easily. Uh, one of the reporters on the Los Angeles Times, Bill Shaken, he knows a lot about this kind of thing. I've worked with him before. He's been kind of keeping track of the numbers. I talked to him yesterday. He and I agree about twenty million dollars. 
Isn't there something almost perverse about that? Keep in mind, when you get these, right down to it. these are people who spend nearly $100,000 a month going to dinner, buying wine. I mean, they, we, we have, we're talking about, this is a whole new definition of filthy rich, these two. These guys make, uh, what the hell was his name, that rapper back, uh, uh, these guys make MC Hammer look like a piker oh, for heaven's sake. They sense. do, yeah, but they may end up the same way in Chapter 7 of the Bankruptcy Act if they're not careful here. Would, would Bud Selig and Major League Baseball be very comfortable right now if a, if a prospective buyer for the Dodgers were to emerge and get the McCords oh. out of this picture? That's, that is Bud Selig's dream. He gets up in the morning hoping that would happen. If somebody comes along with $800 million, they can buy the Dodgers. It's a team worth $1.1 billion probably with all that mm-hmm. real estate around Chavez Ravine. And th- they would love to get rid of both of these McCourts. At the moment, the official owner for C-League is Frank. That's the way they bought the team and all the paperwork in Major League Baseball is for Frank. But they'd love to get rid of them. You know, Lester, I think you're low, $1.1 billion. When you consider uh, the proximity to uh, uh, downtown Los Angeles, the proximity to uh, Beverly Hills, Santa Monica, the whole nine yards, and I mean, how just how vast the parking lot at Chavez Ravine yeah. is bigger than Wrigleyville, for heaven's right. sakes. I think we're talking about a $2 billion parcel. It could be, and when they bought the team, uh, they bought it for a bargain. They paid somewhere between four and $600 million, depending on how you add it up, and then a lot of the real estate has gone down in value, but we know over time it's going to go right back up again. And as you say, that's in a prime spot in Los Angeles. Uh, Lester, he's uh, never been quite the receiver he was with the Michigan Wolverines, but uh, your take on Braylon Edwards, where he is and where he's going? Uh, That arrest is a very bad thing for him. National Football League will now put him in the substance abuse program. That program means that somebody comes knocking on your door three times a day for a urine sample. It's a wonderful program to be in. Uh, (laughs) Your whole life is in the hands of some inspectors with uh, urine samples. And he's got a problem now. Even Rex Ryan, who is willing to put up with a lot of rowdy behavior, even he now has had enough of the misbehavior from the Jets. How laughable is the concept that Vince McMahon and World Wrestling Entertainment are still drug testing? How laughable is that? Lester, these that, guys, that these is. guys look like uh, like the Weeders and uh, the Mr. Olympia contest for heaven's sakes. I think the reason they're drug testing is that they want to make sure these guys are on the juice. They don't want any of them going <laughs> off and getting small after they've invested so much money in these wrestlers and built them up as part of the uh, part of the entertainment package. You know, it's 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 really a sad commentary when you get right down to it. I mean, have you ever Googled up dead wrestlers, for example? No. I mean, Lester, it's, it is just frightening. I'm telling you, Mickey Rourke, when he was out hustling uh, The Wrestler, the movie, right. which was, by the way, as you know, a marvelous, marvelous film. And Mickey Rourke was born for the part. He said, you know, the one thing I found out in all my training to be a wrestler is this. If you're 40 years old and you can still tie your shoelaces, you're a lucky guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, that is an amazing commentary. And now McMahon's wife is running for the United States Senate. You can see how that would be an automatic thing. The people of Connecticut have a chance to vote her into the most exclusive club in the United States. I'll tell you a very, very funny story. You remember the football player, the legendary football player, Johnny Blood McNally from the Green Bay Packers? He once ran for a county office in the state of Wisconsin on a platform promising honest professional wrestling and got beat. No. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. They're they're worried about uh, Mrs. McMahon because they think – 
maybe she was involved in some drug use and steroids and all this stuff. Meanwhile, she's doing okay. She's running a very good campaign, and she is putting $20 million of her own money into the campaign. So this is a serious candidacy. $20 million bucks. She has a way to, to go to catch uh, uh, the guy in New York who put up $100 million, million bucks of his own dough to run for mayor. Bloomberg. Oh, Bloom, Michael Bloomberg. I mean, yeah. spending $100 million bucks of your own yeah. money. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then uh, how would you like to be the guy running against him? I mean, there, there's no point. There's no point. But she's putting in $20 million, and watch out. Strange things are happening this year. How much dirtier is Giannoulis versus Kirk going to get before uh, uh, it's finally election day? I think we've seen the nastiest. Uh, Giannoulis is running some ads now that are very negative on Kirk. He's kind of in his final phase trying to catch up. Kirk is a little bit ahead right now. And I think it'll settle down in October, and uh, Kirk is going to scratch out a win here. That's what I'm hoping. He is Lester Munson. I'm Chad Kopic. This has been Sports Court, once again brought to you by my good friend John Coyne, the great people at American Taxi. Remember, when you want courtesy, reliability, comfort, and above all else, safety, there's only one way for you suburban people to go, and that is with American Taxi. We'll catch you next time around. So long, everybody.